raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. We have a return priest host today, one of my most special beautiful friends, Father Patrick Greenow. You heard him in April, and he's, he's coming back again to tell a little bit more about his vocation story and the call, the j- journey to discipleship. You might remember um, some of his bio, but I'll repeat it. Um, he was born in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. He grew up in Indianapolis. And then when he was a senior at Indiana, he was called to be a priest through the Rosary and the Eucharist. He eventually joined the Conventual Franciscans. And then after that, Father Patrick served in parishes in Detroit and Peoria. He was then director of the Franciscan Seminarians. And then he became guardian of Marytown for 11 years, which is where I met him and we became friends, after which he was minister provincial for nine years. Then recently, Father Patrick spent a year in Jerusalem on sabbatical, and then a year in Rome during the Year of Mercy when he was a confessor at St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican. He is now pastor of four rural farm parishes in central Illinois and confessor for the poor Clares and the daughters of St. Francis. Um, Father Patrick Greenow is a, a stunning, wonderful, holy priest. You know, we're very blessed at WSFI to have priests hosts who are not only close to the Lord, but they have an ability to make Jesus come alive in their writing and speaking. And that's just what Father Pat is good at. He shares the experiences of Jesus's presence and power in his life. And Jesus Christ comes alive for us. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Father Pat to the show. Well, God love you, Joan, and remind <laughs> me to have you uh, speak at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I could. I could do you justice. <laughs> you are too good. You oh, are too no. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I love you, and I, I love your, your priesthood. And the thing about you is that you have all the great gifts of being a, a beautiful priest, but you're also very human. And we so, try. And, and that's the hard part sometimes. <laughs> no, no, no. You're very down Learn, to earth. Yeah, learning to be human as we try <laughs> to be divine is, is, a, is, a, is a journey. Right. A journey. <laughs> well, and a real true experience with the Lord. Oh, man. I just, I just count my blessings to be your friend. So, well, thank you. It's mutual. Thank you so much. So now we're going to continue with our, our the subject today is um, the journey to discipleship. And... Um, I know you shared a bit about your your early call to the priesthood, but I want to redo some things uh, that we might th- not have mentioned. Um, first of all, I when I talked to you the other day, I was shocked. You told me that when you were in third grade, you read some books. Will you do tell us about those? Sure. Um, well, I have to admit, when I was little, uh, religion and the Blessed Mother just seemed as natural as breathing, you know. Uh-huh. Um, 
And so I was always attracted to uh, to, to mass and, and to, and to uh, pictures, books of the saints and things. And um, with my name is Patrick, I was always uh, attracted and devoted to St. Patrick. So I read a 300-page biography on the life of St. Patrick in third grade. And then the other book that I, I remember reading, I went to the library. This was probably back in uh, 1963, 64. Uh, I picked up a book on David from the Old Testament, and that was probably about 200 pages, and I read that book. And I think it's interesting, the saints that we are sometimes drawn to um, speak to things in our own lives. So people who are listening should stop and think about the saints that touch their hearts. They touch their hearts for a reason. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if they can find those reasons, things will be revealed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I look at, at of course, St. Patrick is my devotion, um, and I look at David, what attracted me to David, um, the first part in the life of Saint uh, of, of King David was that um, God does not judge by appearances. Um, Samuel went to uh, anoint the new king of Israel, and he thought it was his older brother. And then it wasn't him. Then he thought it was his other brother and his other one, and it was none of them. And God said to Samuel, I do not judge by appearances, but by the heart. Mm -hmm. And so um, he called David to be the king of Israel. I actually had the opportunity to pray at the tomb of Samuel. Wow. How Unbelievable prophet. How and so um, I've always sort of thought as myself as no one special, to be quite honest. And I sometimes have wondered, why would God choose me? But I think a lot of people feel that way. And we have to work through that and say, it doesn't matter if we're special or not. It doesn't matter by appearances. All that matters is if God chooses us, then, then we need to go. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we sort of put God off and say, oh, you don't want me. Why would you want me? Mm -hmm. And uh, But he has his reasons. I'm, so, just, I'm so astounded that in third grade you read those books. <laughs> it just gives me a whole new insight into my grandchildren and what they're capable of and what, what I could be giving them, you know, in third grade. My gosh. Oh, certainly. And, and books on the saints with pictures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I would page through those books and I'd see the pictures. I remember the pictures of St. Sebastian, mm -hmm. the arrows, St. Rita with a thorn in her yes, head. Yes, yes. You know, all these great saints and... Um, uh, nowadays, they, they look at uh, superheroes in comics. Sure, sure. The saints are the superheroes of that's our lives. That's true, that's true. You know, I, there's so much more to your story, um, but we, we're going to skip now to, to, to when you went to college. And okay. um, you did share in the previous testimony how you had the, your girlfriend for three years, and um, but something you said, um, the Lord kept tugging at my heart. The, you felt there was something more. Okay. So can you talk about that? Sure. Well, I, I'll have to back up just a moment. Um, when I was in sixth grade, my, my sister wanted to be a poor Claire, and I wanted to be a Trappist. Wow. And I remember going up to my sister in sixth grade saying, Mary, I think I've changed my mind. I don't think I'm going to be a priest anymore. And my sister said, well, I am not changing my mind. I am going <laughs> to be a poor Claire no matter what. 
Well, she's now married, and I'm a Franciscan <laughs> <laughs> Shows and you so, how much our, our ideas matter. That's right. That, 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 that's what this whole story is all about. It has nothing to do with me and everything to do with what God wants. And that's, that's the trick of learning about the spiritual life, is learning what God wants, not what we want. And so all through my high school, I didn't think about being a priest. I had sort of put that on the back burner and I had sort of decided not to. And then I went to college and college is a time of upheaval. You're, you're, you're growing up, you're looking for things. And I was not satisfied with um, business or other courses I was looking at. It did not fulfill me, did not give meaning and purpose. And so every once in a while when I experienced that lack of meaning and purpose, I would turn closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and he would give me consolation. And then I would walk away and go back to the old ways because all my friends were going to be business majors and make a lot of money and have big families and mm-hmm. live in the suburbs. And mm-hmm. I wanted the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted to have the Christmas with wife and kids that I had growing up. Sure, sure. And so I would keep holding on to those desires, but every once in a while I would feel a real emptiness uh, as I looked around in my own life, and I would turn back to the Lord. So um, senior year in college, uh, it was time for me to make a decision as to what to do. Of course, I had a girlfriend for three years, a, a wonderful, wonderful a girl and my family loved her and my friends loved her and so senior year in college I thought well I'm gonna graduate soon I better decide exactly what I'm gonna do when I get done with college I was thinking more like what kind of job to get Mm -hmm. and so um, I decided to say a 54-day rosary novena and I'll I'll explain that my parents said a 54-day rosary novena for each one of the kids, my brother, my sister, and myself before we were born. How beautiful. Now, a 54-day rosary novena um, never fails, and I, I, I swear by it, but it consists of 27 days in a row asking Our Lady for something, and then saying a rosary 27 days in a row immediately following in thanksgiving for her intercession, and that's that that's where 54 days comes in and so it was my senior year in college it was the summer I just gone back to Indiana University in August and I decided to say a 54 day rosary novena and I had not prayed the rosary for years oh this my. was in 1978 oh my um, the church was in rather turmoil at mm-hmm, that time mm-hmm. a lot of confusion on teachings and practice sure and so I started saying the rosary, and it is amazing what started to happen. <clears throat> I remember I said four rosaries in one day. Oh, my goodness. It just, consolations, um, feelings all started surfacing through the rosary that, that I had never had for years. And I finally decided to sort of to give in. And so I said the rosary, <clears throat> and the only thing I asked for was, tell me what you want me to do. Uh-huh. So I really left myself open. I didn't say make me a priest yes. or make me a, a businessman yes. or get me a job. I said just tell me what you want me to do. And so it was a blank slate, <clears throat> which I think made it even um, 
a more powerful thing. So about 27 days of praying that rosary, uh, I went to the Newman Center in Bloomington, Indiana, at Indiana University, because they were having uh, First Friday Mass and benediction. And what is really hard to express to anyone is the constant turmoil, the anxiety, the questions, the doubts, mm -hmm. the uncertainty, the back and forth. You know, oftentimes uh, we make lists of, of pros uh, and cons, pros and cons and constantly. And this was three years and um, of constant turmoil and confusion and doubt and uncertainty and going back and forth. Um, almost paralyzed. I think we can all identify with something yeah. in our lives. Yes. Yeah. And this is what makes it so unbelievable is so that I went to the Newman Center because they're having First Friday in, in benediction. And I had not been a benediction for years because you could not find it mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. the church at that time. And, 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 and as I walked into the chapel and the monstrance was on the altar, as soon as my knees hit the kneeler, every doubt, every question, every uncertainty, every anxiety, it just instantaneously disappeared. It's like if you're in a pitch black room and suddenly the lights go on. Oh, that's so beautiful. It, 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 was, it was really, it was unbelievable. And I knew the moment my knees hit the kneeler, I was supposed to be a priest. Oh, my word. It, it, it was a, a true enlightenment that um, no matter what I go through in my life, no matter what suffering or doubts or questions, I will never, ever doubt that moment. That was, what would you say? Would the, was the, 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 the Lord, like, with you at that time? Was it a special grace of his presence? It was like an interior enlightenment. Uh-huh, okay. I, that's all I could, mm -hmm. I, that's all I could mm -hmm. say was an interior enlightenment that <clears throat> it all disappeared. Powerful. And, and, um, and I, I've never, I've never wavered in my priesthood. I've always wanted to be a priest from that moment on. How, how stunning is that? That's just, that's like God's call to you. Yeah, it was, it was. Uh, he had called me, I think, as a child, but if things go on in your life yes. as a youth, that you, you have a tendency yes. to resist or turn away or not listen. It's like parents. <laughs> <laughs> we don't always listen to our parents growing up, right. and we don't always listen to God. Right, right. And um, and so uh, part of that story I can, I can share with you a little bit more. And um, well, I had my girlfriend for, and she was not Catholic. Mm -hmm. So we had to go for a month because she needed time to process what was going on. Yes, I had yeah. never, I never wavered, but I just couldn't call her up and say, give her a dear John letter. Yes, or call right. Her and say, it's over. Well, that was after, kind of you. Very kind. After three years, we needed to talk. We needed to share. Sure. I needed to tell her what was going on in my life. And we went back and forth for a month. And then, um, well, she needed time because it didn't happen to her. It happened to you. So she needed time to figure, right. figure all this out. You're absolutely right. She did not have the understanding that right, I had. Right. And I think that means we should be patient with those whose whose faith is not what our faith is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'll never forget. It, it was uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving of 1978. 
and my parents finally found out what was going on. <laughs> and I talked to my father. It was, this was the greatest piece of advice he ever gave me. My father never told me what to do. Mm-hmm. He always let me figure out for myself. Yes. And he said, well, you need to make a decision. You know, well, I knew what my decision was. Uh-huh. I had never waited. It was to be a priest. Wow. But it, I was supposed to go up and see my girlfriend for Thanksgiving. Yes. And he said, you need to make a decision. That's all he said. Wow. Well, I knew my decision. It was to be a priest. Yes. And so I went up there to her, her apartment, and I told her that this is what I'm going to do. Oh. I, I find, after a month, I finally said, this is the decision. Dear God. Well, it was extremely difficult. Oh, my. Uh, she just broke down in tears, um, and then she ran upstairs, and to be honest, I followed her upstairs, mm-hmm. and she's still crying, and she ran downstairs. I went downstairs. After about 20 minutes of this, I knew this was not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I just, I left. And I will never forget leaving her apartment and shutting the door and walking out. And I could not feel the pavement beneath my feet. I feel felt like a huge weight had suddenly been lifted off my shoulders. I was suddenly going to do everything I'd ever hoped or dreamed or everything I was created to be. Wow. Wow. And I, I couldn't, I can still see the sidewalk. And I can couldn't see feel it in my eye. And I could not feel it beneath my feet. Well, I had never felt such lightness, such joy, such certainty. And it was something that I had been fighting for, you know, 20 years. So what we would say in the spiritual life, that it was a, a confirmation from God, yes? Oh, absolutely, yes. But, but God does not give... He's not like uh, a vending machine constantly <laughs> giving out consolations. <laughs> he gives you these momentarily, um, mm-hmm. and then you have to learn to walk in the desert. Yes, yes. But, but uh, as I said, I continually go back to this experience at times in my life, and it, it renews me, it strengthens me, it confirms me. Because uh, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. The cross discipleship is not about consolation. It is about the cross. And we'll talk more about that in the next segment. But for the moment, you, 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 you enjoyed the gift of your, the new peace you had. Oh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Then I went to seminary. And I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. Really? Oh, I, I, one more story, if you don't mind me Yes, sharing. I love your stories. I went to St. Pius X Seminary in Erlanger, Kentucky, mm-hmm. which unfortunately is now closed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a magnificent seminary. Uh, we wore cassocks and, and surpluses for mass, mm-hmm. and it was truly Catholic. And I went there for the weekend to visit the seminary and to see if this is the one I should apply to. Mm-hmm. And it was the weekend of December 8th, the Feast of Our, oh. our Lady, the Immaculate Conception. Oh. Father Pat? I'm here. I will never oh. forget. Oh. I, was, I look, was looking out the window, and there was frost on the grass, mm-hmm. almost like the dew of the Holy Spirit, you could say. Frost all over the grass in, in the fields out the seminary window. 
and the song from Handel's Messiah, For Unto Us a Child is Born, was playing. And it was just, I, I can... I can see myself still looking out the window at the grass. I can still hear that song playing. It was such a deep, deep experience of confirmation. Oh, my. And for the whole year then, and then I went to that seminary, and for the whole year, God gave me endless, endless consolations. Um, just flooded me. And then he pulled the rug out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> well, he does this because he has to, you're like an, a spiritual athlete. You have to be pushed. You have mm -hmm. to. And so. Well, before you, before you share how he pulled the rug out, I'm just enjoying all the consolations. This is, so you just let, we only have two more minutes before the, the break. Mm -hmm. So were you then, for sure, you were settled on your path, and this was the road you were going to go down, and no doubts. Right, and the seminary, the year of seminary was probably the most wonderful year of my life. Oh, my word. Because oh. it was. It was just filled with consolations. Oh, how. And, 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 and spiritual experiences, and um, it was just amazing. Oh. It's truly amazing, like, like a flood. So, I've been holding all this stuff in and holding it back, and, and the Lord finally broke through the walls, and it was just a, a, a flood of grace and consolation. That's so wonderful. I just, I don't want this segment to end, but we only have a minute and a half. Um, uh -huh. I came across a book. Someone sent it to me, or I don't even remember how I got it, and I'm going to send it to you, but I've been looking in it, and it's called In Sinu Jesu. When Heart Speaks to Heart. Have you heard of it? You will not believe this. A friend, of, uh, another friar of mine, we, we had lunch together, and he quoted me from that book. Oh, my gosh. I brought the book to the studio. I'm, I'm, it's putting in the mail to you today if you have it, if you don't have it. But there's so much here about the priesthood and adoration. Tell me that's not the Holy Spirit speaking. Well, I believe it is. And it says, make, I want to quote from it. Do I have time, Angela, Please. just a minute? No, no time. We'll have to do it when we come back. Okay. Right. We have to take a break. But thank you, Lord, for this gift of confirmation between us and the studio and Father Patrick. Thank you. We'll be back. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelist. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example? of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company? Life. The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discussions for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. 
Hello, I am Bishop Alberto Rojas, one of the auxiliary bishops in Chicago. Anything that has to do to bring in the message of salvation, bring in the message of Jesus in any way, but especially through the radio, through the media today, as we advance how media has evolved so fast, not only through the radio, but through all kinds of ways, especially with the computers and phones. And this is unbelievable. I think it's very important that we use these means of communication to also bring the message of salvation, the message of Jesus through the world. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back. For those who are just joining us, we're talking to Father Patrick Greenow, um, OFM Conventual. He is a pastor of a, four parishes in rural Illinois, and he was talking about his vocation story. You must get the podcast if you haven't heard it, because it's just riveting. His story is just so personal, and you, you feel the Lord there from early childhood until where he is now in the seminary receiving all these consolations and father i just feel like it's the holy spirit that led me to look in this book to because uh, and i opened to this quote here from about adoration um which you're so devoted to and may i just read it before you continue it says make this this is a, a benedictine monk who wrote this who who heard from the Lord and who wrote what he heard, not only from the Lord, but Our Lady and from God the Father and the saints. So this is what he wrote one day um, in 2008. Make no mistake about this. The renewal of my priesthood in the church will proceed from a great return to the adoration of my real presence in this, the sacrament of my love. I will purify, heal, and mightily renew the priests who seek me out in the sacrament of my love. To them I will show my face, I will speak to their hearts, and I will make known to them the secrets of love that I hold within my heart and that I have reserved for them in these last days. And then this is the part um, for you. This is why I ask you to be my priest adorer. You will be one among many, for I am gathering my priest to my Eucharistic heart. Those who belong to me know my voice, and they will come to me and remain in my presence. And so, Father Patrick, you do know his voice. Jesus makes him, reveals himself to you in so many beautiful ways and in all those consolations. But I understand now that was followed by a period of um, deprivations. Uh, yes, and of course, sometimes it gets difficult to know if the deprivation is because of yourself and your own weakness and sins, or if it's because God is leading you into the desert as, as the Holy Spirit led Jesus mm-hmm. into the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because God does not always, you, you cannot live on donuts alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all this sweetness, this consolation. Right. <laughs> um, you, uh, a child needs to grow. Yes, and, um, yes. And so I know when I was trying to discern um, if I sh- what kind of priest, I mm-hmm. wanted to be a religious priest, but there's many religious communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God did not give me 
a handwritten note oh, right. or any insights of where to go or uh-huh. how to choose. It was sort of um, that I had to choose on my own. Right. But the truth of the matter is he was leading me even though I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I chose the Franciscans um, through Marytown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had looked at a couple other communities as well. But when I made that choice, it wasn't by revelation from God. It was just, well, I, I guess this is the one I'm going to go to. <laughs> And, and and I did and um, but then he began to withdraw those consolations I, I think sometimes as a test mm-hmm. to see if, if I'm really going to persevere and yes. stay with him because yes. you know um, <clears throat> when it get the closer you get to the cross the more people fall away mm, yes. As, yes as as the as happened with Jesus on Calvary yes yes people don't want the cross priests don't want the cross there's a, a sort of a natural aversion yes. to it. Yes, and you yes. have to break through the <clears throat> natural to attain the supernatural. Mm-hmm. But it takes it takes time. And, and it takes the Eucharist. Without the Eucharist, they, it will never happen. Of course. Well, <clears throat> there's a, I, when we were talking the other day, you said um, after you were ordained about three years, you... You, people were suggesting that you get a doctorate, or but you didn't know if you wanted to do that or stay in your parish. So can you tell us about how you decided um, what to do? Uh, yes. I guess you could almost say it's interesting in life. We, we trade our doubts and questions and uncertainties for other doubts, questions, and uncertainties. Mm-hmm. Even in the spiritual life, it's not total enlightenment where we have full understanding of everything. Yes. It's a continual journey, and so I was ordained three years, and I was trying to discern, should I get a doctorate? Some people said I did well in school, and I should go, and I should get a doctorate and become a, a, a professor <clears throat> and a, perhaps a seminary. And But, of course, I was having many blessings as a parish priest in the parishes I was at, mm-hmm. and I just did not know what God wanted me to do. Did you want me to be a professor with a doctorate, or do you want me in the parish? Mm-hmm. And so for three years, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, <laughs> and I got nothing, and I got nothing. Oh, wow, <laughs> wow. Nothing. And so um, I was at Holy Family Parish in Peoria, Illinois, locking up the church. And this is a couple experiences of my life I'll never forget. And I was locking up the church, and I walked up to the tabernacle, and I just said, Tell me what you want me to do. I just, I screamed at him. What do you want me to do? (laughs) And it was dead silence. And I just looked at the tabernacle and I said, fine, be that way. (laughs) I was so so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) And you turned around and left. That's right. We'll talk about spiritual tantrums in a moment after the story. Wow. And, And I said, fine, be that way. And I went, I locked the church up. And I went downstairs in the basement. Oh, this is so, this is precious. You know, the Lord, he's right, he's right with you. <laughs> Even those three years he was with you. I'm doing the laundry. And I'm doing the laundry. And this voice, as clear as you talking to me, said to me, does it really matter what you do? Is not my grace and love enough for you? Oh. 
And oh. I, I, I am amazed, wow. amazed that God called me because I'm so dense and so slow. Oh, no, you're not. That he's got to hit me with a two <laughs> by four first in college, and then he's got to hit me again. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he said those words to me, every anxiety, every question, every concern, once again, it just all disappeared. Man. And I said, fine. And I never, I just let my superiors tell me where to go. So you, 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 you gave up, so what, what did you choose, doctorate or parish priest? I didn't choose anything. I let my superiors choose. Oh. You know, because you can go to your superiors and say, well, can I get a doctorate or mm-hmm, can I stay mm-hmm. in the parish? There's dialogue usually with your superiors. Sure, on these sure. I just never, I never had a concern anymore. My superiors knew my talents, my abilities, oh, my, my, my um, concerns and thoughts. And so I never said a word. I never told my superiors ever again where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. Really? I just let let them do it. And it's amazing how God has unfolded everything for me. Oh, that's me. so inspiring. So but you really let go at a very deep level. I, I did, yes, yes. And, uh, and I tried to live by that, but... You know, as I said once in a while, it's amazing God chose me because I can be so so dense and so stubborn at times. So um, the the behind his question, does it really matter what you do? Meaning, like he's going to use you in whatever you do, or that's you're right. going to is not my love and grace enough for you? Mm-hmm. Does it matter if if you go to live, you know, in Uzbekistan right. or Israel or Rome. Right. Does it matter if you if you are assigned to Marytown, uh-huh. the great shrine of Maximilian, or if you're assigned to these four rural parishes that uh-huh. nobody even knows where they are? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Does it really, if he's with you, wow. that's all that matters. Wow. It's uh, all that matters. That's just but, that's a lesson for all of us yeah. listening, you know? We're not priests but we're 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 working for him or loving him or his disciples yes and um we we have say that again does it really matter what you do i love it is not my love and grace enough for you but we have to be careful we don't go chasing after consolations yes 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 because then when they disappear we are we are thrown in into the darkness yes 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 get torn i I wanted to bring up spiritual tantrum talk about that because you (laughs) had a spiritual tantrum in front of the tabernacle yes i did (laughs) (laughs) you know with with children you know you see them in the grocery store having a tantrum and their poor parents don't know what to do yes they can't break through to the child because the child is screaming and kicking well i realized afterwards that i'd had a spiritual tantrum with the lord yes I was yelling at him, tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of waiting. Where are you? Yes. You know, I'm in torment here. Can't you see my anxiety? Yes. And for three years. For three years. And and of course, he couldn't tell me anything because I was too busy having a spiritual tantrum. (laughs) (laughs) He had to wait for me to calm down, stop screaming. Wow. And that happened in the laundry. Wow. And it's, so that goes to show, you know, first of all, we need to calm down for the Lord to really break through, for us to be able to hear. And um, and it also goes to show that the Lord will speak to you anywhere. You can be doing the dishes, the laundry, cutting the grass, driving your car. Um, be you got to be ready. 
Well, because he will speak anywhere at any time. But you're blessed because, I mean, I kind of say I, I sit in this chair in my office where in front of all my statues and this big statue of the Sacred Heart, and I'm waiting for him to talk, and he doesn't talk. So uh, you're kind of blessed. Um, well, th- this was back in 1992. <laughs> so wow. I've had two experiences that I will never, ever, ever forget. But they don't come every year. You know, it's, it's been since 1992. Wow. And and but that was enough. Those two were um, are are my uh, Elijah the prophet. A, qu- a quick story about Elijah in the Old Testament. Um, he had just slaughtered the the the, uh, the prophets mm-hmm. of Baal and 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 Jezebel. Okay, mm-hmm. I had just slaughtered my doubts, my anxieties, my questions through the grace of God. And and Elijah slaughtered the prophets, and then God gave him uh, a wheat cake and mm-hmm. a jug of water oh, yes, and said, yes, drink yes. for the journey. That's a famous scripture passage. It is. Yeah. And drink for the journey because you will go into the desert. Well, God gave me this moment in front of the Blessed Sacrament in college and in front of a and this message during my laundry, that was my wheat cake and my jug of water. Wow. And because I have not had um, what you say, these magic spiritual moments, we call mm-hmm. them magic moments sometimes, mm-hmm. since then. You, I've had minor ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I told you when I was in Jerusalem, uh-huh. I would go to Calvary four yes. or five times a day. I can't believe I would go to. I had that blessing, that unbelievable grace to walk to Calvary. Yes, yes. And I would sit there for an hour at a time at Calvary, and the Lord said absolutely nothing. Right, right, right. You know, but that's what we should get at Calvary. We yes. don't go to Calvary for graces. Yes. We go for grace, but not for consolation. Yes. The Lord is suffering. Mm-hmm. We go to Calvary to experience His emptiness, His suffering, His abandonment his nothingness and so uh even though i was in uh a calvary four or five times a week it was dryness mm. and so we can't chase after consolations because um it's fool's gold yes that's very profound you know that's very profound but in terms of um going being in the desert or is that the same as emptying yourself it's basically yes because when you're in the desert you are being emptied so we have to you said it was you had made a statement about having the spiritual dry heaves (laughs) 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 i thought that was pretty clever Uh, yes i I, i've had spiritual dry heaves too we've all probably had yes you know physical dry heaves in our lives well i call them spiritual dry heaves um like for example if if someone has hurt you Mm mm-hmm you think you have forgiven them. Yes. You know, you've worked through it, you've prayed, and it's been a couple years now, and um, suddenly something happens, that person says something, and it all comes back up. Yes, yes. And you find out it's still deep inside of you. Mm-hmm. And so I call them the spiritual dry heaves. We think we have given up everything. Right, right. And, and we really haven't. And, and the Lord knows that. And so sometimes... He puts us through the ringer or through the desert so that we can empty ourselves of everything. Jealousy, pride, anger, yes. lust, yes. you know, um, revenge, 
all these spiritual things that are so deeply rooted in our hearts. Yes, yes. Uh, and and with that we need healing from, because that's what your show is all about, is healing. Yes, yes. Well, how do we find... Okay, so here's a good question. How, how do we empty ourselves? I think you pray. Mm-hmm. You say, empty me. Mm-hmm. And, and I know I, w- I was deeply, deeply hurt. I can't go into it because it was too personal. Mm-hmm. And um, I would go, I would have mass. Mm-hmm. And all those hurts would come back at every single mass. Mm. And I would just say to the Lord, help me walk through this. Help me get through this. Yes. And you have to work at forgiveness. It's not just going to be handed to you on a silver platter. You can't just say, Lord, I forgive and it be, be over. No, because all those feelings, all those emotions, all those scars and wounds are still with you. Yes, yes. And it takes time, <clears throat> and it takes a lot of healing, a lot of work, a lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. Praying for those people who hurt you has to come from your heart. Yes, yes. Not from your mouth. Right, I could, right. I could say, for a while, I couldn't even say those people's names on my mouth. <laughs> I was so hurt. I didn't want to pray for them slowly I was able to say their names in prayer wow and then as I said that slowly through through the years it worked down into my heart where I could pray for them from my heart wow but this is healing takes time it takes prayer Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. you know because we think we've gotten through it all Mm -hmm. but that's the spiritual dry heaves no we haven't because as soon as we see them on the street or they say another comment, it all comes flooding back. back. So there's like roots. There's roots to this unforgiveness. Yeah. The the, the roots go deeper into our hearts than we realize. The hurt. The hurt is deeper than we realize. So that should probably be our daily, um, part of our daily regimen, like this forgiveness prayer. Yes, yeah, yes. Empty me of my hurts. Empty me of my anxiety. Uh, uh, empty me of all these things that hold me back from loving you and loving others. And, you know, we're talking about healing, but so many spiritual writers have said that the way to pray for healing is to pray for others, and then you will be healed. (laughs) Yes, yes, yeah. That's why Jesus says pray for your enemies. Yes, yes. If you pray for your enemies, you will be healed of the wounds they've committed against you. Wow. And perhaps their wounds will be healed, too. Absolutely, yes, yes. Because it's it's binding. When we hold someone in unforgiveness, we bind them too. Yes, yes. And so when we release that, at least that's my understanding, that then they're released. Mm-hmm. And so otherwise, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. Wo- they wound us. We wound them. Yes, yes. And this is where the cross comes in. Jesus accepted all the wounds. And he gave none of them back. Mm, wow. You know. Wow. So what? what is, can, we only have like four minutes left. I wish we had another hour. Um, so what is your prayer like in your day? Are, do you set aside extra time? I know, Sister, we just interviewed Sister Bridge McKenna. Um, oh, my gosh. On the, on the show. Um, it will air on Corpus Christi. And um, she, of course, has the gift of healing, and she travels the world with Father Kevin Scallon 
and ministers to priests. And so she um, prays three days, three hours every day in adoration. And mm-hmm. once she said she she gave up an hour to go help someone that was in need. And the Lord let her know <laughs> that he didn't appreciate that she gave up that hour. <laughs> Oh, my. Well, so, I couldn't hold a candle to Sister no, Breeze. <laughs> I know, I know. But she's kind of like a model, you know, up there. She So but so do you set aside some time or how what or do you have mass every day or what do you do? Um, oh, of course, mass every day. Uh-huh. I, I will never miss mass ever, ever. Uh-huh. Uh, I think. Um, well, for myself, I, I live in rural Illinois. Uh-huh. And I have four parishes. Wow. Uh, and well, I, I cover six cities. Oh, my. I cover six oh my. cities. And so I spend a lot of time in the car. Mm-hmm. And um, in the car, I pray the rosary. Uh-huh. Oh, I pray Divine Mercy Chaplet. That's beautiful. I also came up with my own Holy Spirit Chaplet. Really? I just created one. Really? Yes. Can and you share so, it? Well, I, 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 you say the prayer to the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts uh-huh. of your faithful and kindle. And then on the big beads and then on the small beads, sometimes they say, um, come Holy Spirit, uh, renew the face of the earth. Oh. Other times I say, come Holy Spirit, create in me a clean heart oh. on the other beads. You know, so I, yes. I rotate those uh uh, the small beads with a particular need or concern of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, give me your sevenfold gifts. Come, Beautiful. Holy Spirit, give me your sevenfold gifts. I'll say that ten times. And then on the big bead, I'll say the longer prayer to the Holy Spirit. That's a that's a powerful, powerful prayer, praying to and, the Holy Spirit. And I would say I always get in the car, and I, if I have not said all those prayers, I do not turn the radio on. Mm-hmm. Priority. We must of course, that, that's also inspiring. You know what? We're down to two minutes, um, Father. We have some prayer requests. Uh-huh. If I um, if I just list them, can you then pray uh, for them all at once? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we have a someone emailed us. Um, she would like, or he would like, uh, to be anonymous. Pray for the salvation of the souls of uh, people related to the bo- her boyfriend. Um, then there are these healing requests, prayers for Martha, for Ellie, for Dwight who has Parkinson's, um, for John, Carrot, John o- Osborne who has colon cancer, Carol John Olson, sorry, who has colon cancer, Marnie and Vicki, and Margaret and Martin, who have experimental treatment with drugs. Um, So those are just, and then there was one from last week that we didn't pray for, but it's a teenager who was cutting herself and someone wrote (laughs) in about her. So that sounded real serious too. So could you just pray for all of these people, Father? And then pray for our listeners before you conclude. We have like 45 seconds. Heavenly Father, we ask St. Raphael, your angel of healing, to fly with your healing graces and love and peace and comfort, both spiritual and physical, to all these people. Heal them of their sicknesses, their illness. Heal them of their broken and harmful relationships. Let them know of your love and let them find their peace, their healing in you. 
and not in the things of this world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now could you bless our listeners, Father? Heavenly Father, bless all the listeners of this radio station. May your spirit of peace comfort them and bring them back to be renewed every week with Joan and all of the people of the radio station. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for being on the show. Thank it was you. wonderful. God bless you. You too. Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.